0: to the Tim
1: Graham show. The Tim Graham show. This is Sports Radio 1270, the fan. I know i be huh? I love sausage. Thank you, Shocking. Dizzying. How did this happen? When I bring the lumber the Tim Graham show. I did old uh, some pole uh over the weekend. Right. Not me sohonia
2: I did have an accident with a menorah line. Go. on Twitter at
0: 1270, The Fan, Red Mall taking your calls at 270 1270. Here we go. This is The Tim Graham Show.
1: When's the last time you read the New Testament, huh? Uh Uh-oh. You're going to need a bigger boat. I like this guy, uh, Tim Graham. Welcome to The Tim Graham Show. September 4th, 2019, Year of Our Lord edition. And it's a full one. Oh, let me start over. Let me start over. Habit. I'm sorry. Habit. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis, b and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. That's CTBK. They're going to rebrand, by the way, to CTBK. That can't happen soon enough for my mouth with all those S sounds that I struggle. There's a sh, then a s, then a s, then a sh, then a s.
3: All those mouth noises. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking of Rodak, well, we'll get, I'll get to him in a okay, second.
3: Rodak. Rodak.
1: This is the Tim Graham Show brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner CPAs and Business Consultants, CTBK for short. I am Tim Graham of The Athletic here with my co-worker, Matthew Fairburn, also The Athletic. He covers the bills. Jonah Bronstein of Bronstein and Bronstein, your sports writing uh, injury attorney's. Contact them for all your sports writing injury needs. Bobby Rosati, diddling the knobs as he's prone to do on a Wednesday afternoon. We have a great show today. I don't say that often. Sometimes I just say, welcome to the show, and we roll it out. But we have some guests today that I'm excited about. Of course, Matthew Fairburn here in studio for the full two hours. Bill's tight end, Lee Smith, is going to join us. and Yeah, he's a blocking tight end, and you think, big whoop. But uh, Lee Smith is one of the more forthcoming and entertaining people you'll ever talk to, and I couldn't think of anybody better to bring in the new football season with than Lee Smith. He's going to join us around five o'clock. Sports Center anchor Kevin Connors is going to join us. He's a huge Bills fan. I've been wanting to get Kevin Connors on the show for a while. He's going to give us his thoughts on the upcoming Bills season uh, from a national perspective. Or of course, you know it's it's micro. He's a micro guy because he knows everything there is to know about the Bills, but he works for the worldwide leader in sports in Bristol, Connecticut. I'm sure he has these discussions with with all the analysts there on the campus in Bristol, and we'll get uh, Kevin Connor's thoughts. Joel Stanishevski's back for his fourth season, giving us his picks, his thoughts from a gambling perspective on what's going on with the Bills, and highlighting some other picks around the league uh, that he uh, that is jumping out. Uh, For him, we have another guest in the works that I don't want to announce because he's been booked before and he's had to pull out. So I don't want to, I don't want to promote it and then have him not be on the show.
2: Can you give us his initials? No, (laughs) it'd be too obvious.
1: But uh, it'll be a great interview if we can get him uh, here during the show. We're hopeful Uh, he is booked. When he has been forced to pull out in the past, we have gotten communications as such. It wasn't done rudely or anything like that. We haven't heard anything uh, that would uh, lead us to believe he's not calling in.
3: You're giving Bobby a lot of material here.
1: Yeah. Oh, true. Pulling out and whatever. Bob is.
3: He can't even contain himself. Furiously yeah, scribbling. Like, like looking around.
1: So the Bills season opens in five days. The NFL season opens in about. 28 hours with a rivalry matchup, a historic matchup, Chicago and Green Bay. How do we feel here on the eve of the 2019 football season?
3: Glad to be done with the preseason.
1: Well, that's... Felt like
3: a long preseason. My body's ready. Is it? Did you get
1: enough reps?
3: I don't know about that. You, you're, you can never get enough reps in the preseason, but I, I think I'm excited to finally see what this Bills team actually is. You know, I mean, we've talked for months about what they could be and what all these additions could mean, what, you know, whether this team can take the next step. And what better way to see what they're made of than a game against the Jets, who are in the similar phase of their rebuild. So I, I think it's. Uh, a good first game it's not you know it's not quite as dull a matchup as it has been the last few years there's some young exciting quarterbacks and some skill position players worth watching so should be a should be a fun opener i think at least
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's a division rival, which you mentioned, uh, going up against the New York Jets. So it's a quick test out of the gates. There's really no warm-up period. There's no non-division opponent or a a non-conference opponent where you say, all right, this game uh, doesn't mean as much. We can feel our way through it. This is right into the jaws of the regular season, a game that's going to matter uh, against a team that has aspirations of being a wild card Look, at this point, everybody has an aspiration of winning the division, but as long as the New England Patriots have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, it's a fair assumption that you are competing for wildcard berth spot for the playoffs because—and I've said this stat a gazillion times, and I love saying it because it really does underscore the dominance of the New England Patriots—since Tom Brady became the Patriots quarterback— The Patriots have never not had the best record in the AFC East. Twice they've not won the division, but each was because of a tiebreaker. In one of those seasons, they went 11-5. and They tied with the Miami Dolphins. That was the year that Brady was out. Castle helps them go to 11-5. and So the Patriots are so good that they have never had the number two record, with the exception of a tiebreaker, in the division for going on, what, 18 straight years now. So the Bills and the Jets, two teams that I think uh, should be in the conversation for the wild card. The Bills more so than the Jets. I'm just not big on the Jets, mostly because of what's gone on with them from a coaching and front office standpoint. It seems to be an organization in disarray. Adam Gase does not impress me. Uh, He didn't impress me with the Miami Dolphins. I'm not so sure why the Jets tripped over themselves to hire him after the Dolphins fired Adam Gase. And then at a very strange time, the Jets fire their general manager, Mike McCagnon, well after the draft, uh, well after, you know, he made some key decisions. So, but that doesn't mean that the Jets won't, can't beat the, Je- uh, the Bills on Sunday. I mean, the, it, it, we don't know enough about either organization, and anybody is primed for a defeat early on in the season when they're still, as you mentioned, Matt, trying to figure out who they are.
3: Right. I think a lot of, you know, there are probably some people that agree with you where the bills are more of a threat for a wild card, but I would, I would guess across the the country and across, you know, people who cover the league and and all that, that a lot of people think this Jets team is more of a threat and they have a bit more of the star power. They have, you know, Le'Veon Bell. I think a lot of people think Sam Darnold is a, a notch ahead of Josh Allen at this point in their careers, but I think that's what makes this such a perfect opening season game because like you said it's not like they're playing against some NFC team or or a team that is clearly better than them or clearly worse than them. It's the Jets, a team that it's been a toss up all offseason of, you know, which team is the second best in the AFC. Not saying Sunday's game will decide it, but the Bills have three winnable games to start their schedule, this being one of them, and if they don't, you know, I think the way they play in those games could tell the story of their season in a lot of ways because if they're not able to take advantage of it, we'll get a pretty good idea of what this team is.
1: Let's mention those three games. Uh, It is, of course, the New York Jets at the Meadowlands on Sunday, the New York Giants at the Meadowlands next week, which is a strange back-to-back...
3: Yeah, it's a... What about double dip
1: to start the season having to go back to the same stadium... Uh, before they return home for their opener against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that is down uh, and should be uh, one of the doormats of the AFC this year, should be. You never know. You know, it's early in the season, or the season hasn't even started yet. It's so early in the season. But you never know. Sometimes there's a surprise team that puts it together, but the Bills could be off to a 3 and 0 start. What's week four? The Patriots. The Patriots. Okay, so. They can get some momentum going I mean, into and the game. And the funny
3: thing is they could get off to a 3-0 and start, and I still don't think it would be indication that they are for real necessarily because the Jets are probably the only one of those teams that even has a prayer of contending for a playoff spot. Maybe the Giants come out of nowhere, but the Giants and the Bengals are both bottom 10 teams in the league by most uh, accounts on paper. So if they start off 3-0, and it'll certainly be – uh, an exciting time in buffalo and people will be fired up for that patriots game but all it will do is make that patriots game even more of an indication of where they are and and how for real they are because 3 and 0 should i hesitate to say it should be the expectation but 2 and 1 at at minimum should be the expectation with 3 and 0 being not so wishful thinking
1: the Giants are another team that is uh, in, in disarray. Uh, maybe it's too soon to start analyzing uh, that game or we're getting too far ahead of ourselves uh, with the season about to start that we're already looking past week one and getting into two and three and four. But
3: Well, we the, don't have to take it one week at a time. We
1: do not. There's no rule for us. Uh, so the Giants, yeah, that's an interesting opponent because there are fans there that are already on Eli. <laughs> the whole Eli Manning uh, quarterback situation. They start the season with a controversy. I think that it's good for the Bills that that's a road game because the Giants fans could work in their favor uh, with uh, if Eli Manning throws a bad interception, which he's prone to do. Uh, if if the, they start wanting to see the rookie that early at week two is not too early for New York fans uh, to say it's time to blow this up or it's time to you know yank the the starting quarterback.
3: It happened two quarters into the season for the Bills when they had their rookie quarterback on the bench last year. So, not saying Eli Manning is Nathan Peterman. I was but... going to say, if
1: Eli Manning has a Nathan Peterman opening day, uh, then that could be the end of Eli Manning.
3: I mean, at this stage in his career, I don't think he's above it, necessarily. But no, it is. But Nathan no. Peterman was pretty bad in those two quarters against the Ravens. But you're right, I mean... And I don't know that Giants fans are all that more enthused about Daniel Jones either. So uh, I'll be interested to see how patient, you know, that front office and coaching staff will be with the rookie quarterback. Because I think their intent is to let him sit and learn. But, I mean, just look at what's happened in the last five, six years. How many quarterbacks actually get to sit and learn? Patrick Mahomes did worked out maybe more maybe more teams should do it yeah. it used to happen all the time back i in think
1: the, i think it is more beneficial than I, I don't being even thrown out there immediately.
3: How, i mean and that's
1: what the bills wanted to do they believed it was more beneficial that is why nathan peterman was the starter last year they wanted to yeah, hold they did on everything they could yeah they to wanted get- to and if aj mccarron hadn't gotten hurt then i think maybe they start the season with three quarterbacks and maybe even mccarron is the second one into the into the uh maw rather than uh Josh Allen so yeah I think that the Bills were looking at last year's quarterback depth chart as all right we can keep Josh Allen on the sideline for a few weeks until we're sure that he's ready and Nathan Peterman made sure that Josh Allen got in there sooner than
3: expected it's been interesting in the last few days I've talked to some former offensive coordinators quarterback coaches about just the development process with quarterbacks entering their second year and so many of them bring up how these guys are thrown in early. And part of it is you want to win on that rookie deal, and as soon as you pick the guy, the clock starts on your job being on the line. And so not a lot of people are willing to wait. And I think what the best, you know, most successful teams at picking quarterbacks are these guys that played 10-plus years and are still starting. They picked a guy before they absolutely needed one, whereas these days most teams are picking guys because they're – they desperately need them in it and you can tell fact. eight months in advance who's picking quarterbacks in the draft it's pretty obvious now the Chiefs kind of came out of nowhere and got a quarterback before they desperately needed one and it worked out the problem is it's not a lot of teams are patient with their coaches and their front offices and look you get what four or five years on a cheap contract five with the fifth year option to build your team and Otherwise, the quarterback contract's going to go through the roof. Look at what Jared Goff just got paid.
1: Well, let's get into that, Matt. Let's get into that a little deeper, because one of my favorite subplots to this season uh, is the fact that Josh Allen is going to go head-to-head with every other quarterback from his rookie class this season. And it starts on Sunday. If Josh Rosen
3: can get on the field. True,
1: true. Which I have a feeling that once... Once that offensive line in Miami gets Ryan Fitzpatrick decapitated, we're going to see Josh Rosen. Now maybe Josh Rosen then gets decapitated. And or we maybe see he pulls an Andrew else. Luck
3: and says, you know what? <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah, let's maybe try to force a trade. What a rare instance when somebody with Josh Rosen's credentials and background says, I will not play. Uh, That's funny. But let's take a look at uh, the 2019 schedule. Of course, you have on Sunday, uh, Josh Allen gets to go up against uh, Sam Darnold, uh, and then... Where am I looking at? Uh, We have Josh Rosen in Miami. You have uh, Baltimore uh, late in the season with Lamar Jackson. I'm skipping over somebody here.
3: Baker Mayfield.
1: Oh, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. That's uh, in early November. Uh, So he's going to get potentially Josh Rosen twice, uh, Sam Darnold twice, uh, and then two others. So that's six games. Almost over a third of the schedule will be against rookies uh, from his own quarterback class. Or I should say, I'm sorry.
3: And who knows? Not rookies
1: anymore. But quarterbacks from his rookie class, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who wins that matchup this year.
3: If Big Ben doesn't stay healthy, Mason Rudolph could throw his hat into the ring too. And he was a guy that was mentioned in that conversation early during the season. Most people uh, wised up, you know, as the draft approached. But he was his name was also in there. So I do recall
1: that the year as soon as one draft was over. I don't recall the actual year it was, but as soon as the one draft was over, the next year Brian Brom's class was up, and Mel Kuiper anointed him the number one overall pick of the next draft because that's what you have to do. You have to mock out a draft uh, days after the f- one was completed. Of course. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Mel K- so yeah. It's necessary.
3: There's been some great Mason ones.
1: Rudolph is the current Brian Brom. Yeah, he, He's the he was the contemporary Brian Brom.
3: Brian Brom was the guy. There was, there was no question. He was an unquestioned number one pick. Well, let's take a break.
1: Out. And when we come back, I want to get into this. And I want to hear from Jonah on this, too, regarding uh, this rookie class, this rookie quarterback class of 2018, about to face each other. What tone it sets, if any. Do we have flashbacks to 83? Now, of course, Jim Kelly went to the USFL for a little while. But when... Dan Marino, and Tony Eason, and Ken O'Brien, and all these guys started going up against each other. Now, of course, that was all within the division, but here we have three of them in the same division again. Rosen, Josh Allen, of course, and Sam Darnold. And we're going to get started right away on Sunday afternoon to see these guys going head-to-head. You're listening to The Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner CPAs and business consultants when we come back, we're gonna have more talk on the bills, more on Josh Allen, maybe that secret special guest, and much, much more. right after this on sports radio twelve seventy the fans.
0: Over josh allen yeah.
1: that's not oh. that doesn't get me off that doesn't get me off the go Start ahead and jot line. down that time too brother. on twitter at 1270 the fan my fifth year incoming altar class i think was bigger and better than any other class the tim graham show welcome back to the tim graham show brought to you by shampoo travis beson and certified public accountants and business consultants call over there and get you some advice 716-630-2400 if you're an entrepreneur or you own a growing business have these guys give you everything you want and more for assurance accounting taxes litigation support advice on acquisitions and mergers I know that I'm doing well in life or that I have big aspirations that I'm ambitious when I feel the need to call somebody for an acquisition or a merger,
3: right? Especially a merger.
2: Holy smokes! Who are you looking to merge with? Sam? I don't know. I don't. I just want to do it. The Jerry Sullivan show?
1: Maybe <laughs> that's possible. That would be epic. If I ever, yeah, I want to get to a place in my life where I need to consult with somebody about a uh, a merger. More, no, 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 an acquisition because that means I'm just plucking other businesses, maybe to remove the competition. <laughs> yeah. Or just to grow, become dominant. Well, if you do it, contact CTBK. That's Shampoo, Travis, and Kirshner, 630 2400.
2: I'm looking to acquire other Bronsteins for Bronstein and Bronstein.
1: <laughs> yes, Bronstein Amalgamated for all your, uh, or how about the Bronstein properties? You, you've uh, just recently started that. That's for all, <laughs> you know, for residential and, and office needs, contact Bronstein properties. Jonah. The reason we mention all these are not fake businesses. Jonah runs all these businesses. It's because he has his hand in everything. He writes for the Associated Press, for the Buffalo News, for the Niagara Gazette. What am I leaving well, out? That, well, that's true. What am I leaving out?
2: I'm the teach- Tim Graham professor at Medai College.
1: Adjunct professor teaching sports journalism at Medai. This guy's all over the place. Hamburg Sun papers. He's a Renaissance sports writer man, and he has all these firms in which he wants to help you also with your sports writing needs.
2: Acquisitions and mergers.
1: Bronstein office supply where uh, you have, you sell all those uh, skinny notepads and all the pencils that I stick in my, you know, behind my ear tape recorders, um, stenographer notepads.
2: uh, Stenography machines. I have one of those in my attic that I could sell.
1: Okay. All the sports writer needs. All right, before we went to the break, we were talking about the, the 2018 quarterback class and the fact that Josh Allen gets to go right into it against Sam Darnold. It'll be one of six potential games in which Josh Allen faces a first-round pick from his quarterback class. Seven, if you want to count Mason Rudolph. He was not a—where was he drafted? Third round. Third round, right. So that would be a seventh potential game from his quarterback class. But first round alone, you're looking at six games. Uh, Throw in that seventh, and we're talking about almost half the schedule in which we're going to be talking about, potentially, a 2018 draft pick squaring off against a 2018 draft pick. And, Joni, you brought up a good point before we came to the break. It's not as though we're talking about these guys are future Hall of Famers, like the 83 class. But there could be, if these guys work out, as their teams hope, rivalry-type material. So, I guess, what do you think about all these quarterback class matchups.
2: Well, I'm not as juiced about Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold this Sunday, nor was I really when they played each other's rookies last year in the one game late in the season. But I do find it interesting, as you mentioned, that over the course of the season, the Bills and Josh Allen could go up against all or most of the other quarterbacks in that class. And at the end of the season, we might have a really good sense as to whether the Bills picked the right quarterback, whether Josh Allen should have been drafted higher, things like that. But it it might be because, at least in the Bills' case, as much as Josh Allen, there's excitement around him and he looks like the future franchise quarterback, they're not really in a position where this team goes as far as his right arm can take them, which I think a lot of quarterbacks in the league, a lot of teams are led by their passing game and the Bills maybe aren't that type of team right now. Maybe they're going in that direction, but I don't think they are right now. So it could be a case where Josh what? Allen gets outplayed by Sam Darnold in some ways as a passer, but the Bills are still in position to win that game because they do other things better.
1: Why don't you think so, Jonah? Why don't you think there are more? They they could be a big passing team this year, just because what we saw from D- Brian Dable's offense last year.
2: Well, yeah, but I just don't know if even if he's developed in some ways, I don't know if Josh Allen has the skills in terms of reading the defense, making changes at the line throwing the timing passes, I think he'll do more of that and a better job of that. But I don't see a little bit maybe the look at Ben Roethlisberger's career. Early on in his career, they ran the ball a lot. They didn't ask him to do too much. Now last year, I think the Steelers led the league in pass attempts. So I think in that continuum, Josh Allen is more towards young rookie Ben Roethlisberger than a lot of these quarterbacks that are going to drop back in the shotgun and throw 50 passes a game. I mean, Fairburn, do you expect – to see a lot of that from Josh Allen in games where the Bills aren't down and they have to do that?
3: I, I'm not expecting it necessarily, and I think a lot of that, I think it has less to do with Josh Allen than it does Sean McDermott and the way that he wants to win football games. And He was asked about it today and kind of danced around the question and you know said they just want to do whatever it takes to win games, but I think just the way his mind works and, and the way he's seen it work in the past, he – Wants to play good defense. They want to improve that running game. And so I think it's possible as he grows, they'll become that that type of team that airs it out. But I think you're right. Is they'd rather lean on the running game a little bit more while he still comes along.
1: Here. What we have to do when we come back from this break, we're going to get into uh, the roster cutdowns, which we haven't done since the this is our first show since the roster cutdowns. I don't really want to get into LaShawn McCoy. I, we, everything's been made of that. There's some other... Deeper cuts that I think are even more fascinating than LaShawn McCoy. We're going to get into that. Hopefully, we hear from our super secret special guest. We're also going to have Kevin Connors, Sports Center anchor and Super Bills fan. He's going to join us. And Bills tight end Lee Smith here on The Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Bisson and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan.
0: Tim Graham Show. Uh, Tim's discounted prices shot On Sports Radio 1270, The Fan.
4: I really hear voices in my head.
3: Yes, we all hear voices in our heads. <laughs> I can hear the voices in my head again. Sports
0: Radio 1270, 1270. The, Fan. the Fan. And on The Fan's app. Free to download in the App Store. Now back to The no, Tim Graham Show.
1: Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis Bisson Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants here on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Rob Gronkowski's been making headlines for the past week for revealing the physical and especially the mental strain of playing in the NFL. and So many reporters and fans haven't really sh- cared too much about the toll football takes on the body and the mind. They just want to know when Rob Gronkowski's coming back to football. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter last week and Peter King posted the tweet in his Monday morning quarterback column. You know, Gronk cried in front of a group of people when discussing how football was pummeling him. And to see Gronk cry, it made me not care one bit whether this guy played again. And part of me hopes he doesn't because the game doesn't own anybody. And people outside of the game, they certainly don't own the players either. Now we're joined by Rob Gronkowski here on the Tim Graham Show. We'll get into some of that here we have some other Gronkis- uh, Gronkowski items to get to first. So, Rob, thanks for joining your hometown station.
4: Yes, no problem. What's up, baby? How you doing?
1: Doing good. Doing good. There you go. I appreciate uh, your persistence here. Uh, I know that you've been doing a ton of media. You're probably sick of it. Uh, and it's been, it has been. sounds like every interview you do is an emotional roller
4: coaster. So, oh, man, it's been up and down all over. I mean, it's been like a week now or so. So everything's all settled in, and uh, everything's going smooth now.
1: Well, let's start from the beginning of your offseason, or at least uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, you're retired and uh, you have some business things going on, some things that uh, you'd like to talk about, and things that would seem naturally suited for Rob Gronkowski and the Gronkowski family. And I'm talking about all your brothers, Gordy, Dan, Chris, and Glenn. You have this event or this uh, tour that's going on called Stadium Blitz. Now this, when it came out, I was like, okay, naturally. This is a Rob Gronkowski thing. This is what you'd expect Rob Gronkowski and his family to be a part of now that Rob's in retirement. Uh, tell us about Stadium Blitz.
4: Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's an experience of uh, unlike any other. Uh, you're going to go through the stadium, and it's, uh, it's a mix of fun, and it's a mix of challenges throughout the whole stadium. You're going to have obstacles on the field that you've got to go through. You've got to be climbing up. Like rock climbing up a wall, like rock climbing down, and then, uh, ring, uh, you know, battle ropes, uh, pull, pushing the sled against your competitor, whoever it is, whoever's on your team. Um, tons of obstacles like that. Then also at the same time, getting an experience through the stadium, and that's why it's called Stadium Blitz because you're blitzing through the whole stadium and, um, not just doing obstacles, you're running through the locker room, you're running up and down the bleachers, getting a workout in the whole time. So, um, it's a it's a challenge it's experience and um uh, it's a great race too and it's a lot of fun so uh, our first one actually is october 12th in buffalo uh where we grew up so my brothers and i will all be there uh we already did a preview actually of one of the races we had because we had to see how it was and everything and it, it was a blast it was a lot of fun man
1: you did that at ub stadium right
4: yes we did and that's when we really fell in love with it we weren't You know, we knew all about it, but we needed to actually try it out out ourselves. And when we did it, the experience was just surreal. I mean, you get to compete. You know, you can always just work out, get a good workout in, but you're not just getting a good workout in. You're competing, having some fun. If it's versus your friends, your family. So, you know, my brothers were there. We are all competing, uh, you know, with the fun and nature of it all. And uh, it just makes you step up your game a little bit.
1: October 12th at New Era Field, and all the Gronkowski brothers will be there. And then as you uh, go on the tour, as you go to different stadiums around the country, at least one of the Gronkowski brothers will be there in attendance. But at least the one here in their hometown in western New York, uh, all the Gronkowskis will be there. Cost is 25 bucks. It seems like it's a great team-building thing. I'll quickly just go through what you do. Uh, the race obstacles, you do this high-step Uh, a scrambler, which is a bear crawl up the stairs. You thread the needle. Think about one of those border collies, like going through the obstacle course like a dog does. Uh, You'll be doing that. Then speed ropes, then hurdles. Then you have hustle obstacles, which are kettlebells, football target throw, rope climb, balance beam, uh, walls, climbs, and drops. And then this is the cool part that I like. This is like the American uh, Ninja Warrior thing the blitz <laughs> yeah. obstacles with monkey rings and the hanging pipes and the vertical ladders. I mean, by the time you get done with this, and I know that there's a party at the end with a DJ and swag bags and maybe a couple of beverages, uh, you're going to need several beverages, I'm guessing.
4: Yes, you're going to need several. I mean, the sweat you're going to build up. I you mean, you can, you got to have those water beverages during the workout, but if you want those other beverages when you're done after you feel complete, after you win the race, and that's no problem, but you're going to have to be well hydrated for this race for sure. It's yeah. not just going to be an easy one. Don't show and, up um, too
1: hydrated. Like don't, yeah. don't like the don't don't show up loaded to this yeah. thing. You're going to have trouble.
4: Yes, but you named everything that's going on in there, and uh, that's that. Doing all of those obstacles, what I find is it's fun to do it with others. I mean, I can work out by myself on my own. I know what to do, but you just you know you just can't push yourself the way that you can when you're with other people, especially doing an obstacle course. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: That's Stadium Blitz. It's also brought to you by G&G Fitness, which is uh, the company that Rob's dad, Gordy, uh, founded many years back here in Western New York. And they're all a part of it. And behind it, it does look like a, like a lot of fun. And then the other thing that Rob Gronkowski comes out with this summer, which also seems, well, it sounds like something Rob would do, right? He's CBD medic. Now, again, it's THC-free. You're not going to get stoned on it. You're not going to get addicted to it. <laughs> but Rob Gronkowski has like, been known as you know, Yo Soy Fiesta. This is Yo Soy Fiesta on the phone with us here. And he comes out with CBD Medic, and you think, oh, okay, that's another natural thing that you'd expect to hear from Rob Gronkowski in retirement. But the thing that wasn't expected is the emotional aspect of it that you get from Gronk, the badass In my book, and not because he's on the air with us here, I've said it, I've written it, my name's been attached to it for probably two or three years now. I believe the greatest tight end in NFL history, whether he plays another down or not. And again, I said at the beginning, I hope he doesn't because this guy doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, But to hear you get emotional while talking about what CBD Medic might have been able to do for you and might be able to do for other players as they're battling this physical and mental uh anguish uh, that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis not even a week to week or season to season. Uh so tell us about CBD medic and 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 what I guess what your wish is uh that it can mean for other football players even though it couldn't do it for
4: you. Uh CBD, CBD medic is a uh, is a topical cream and uh uh, I actually first learned about it through my father. I, I actually stubbed my toes. They were killing, and it brings temporary pain relief to you. So, for example, uh, you know, I stubbed my toes playing soccer. Three black and blue toes. You put your shoes on. You know, you, you're, you're in pain. You're, you're, in, you're in lots of pain. So, therefore, this is when the cream comes into play, uh, the CBD medic cream. You put it, I put it on my three toes. Boom. It does the job, uh, the active ingredients in in the topical cream are going to help relieve that that pain feeling and then from there you can go about your day you can put your shoes on you can walk around normal you can do a normal workout whatever you got to do if you would need to do treatments on the injured area of the muscle spasm the achy muscle the jam toe whatever it is you can do the treatment and you can do it without being in suffering in that pain so uh how i believe it it can relate to NFL players. It's just all the hits we take week in, week out. And, you know, uh, you're always going to have that, those muscle aches, those those bruises, and that's when this can help relieve that pain throughout the week. And you can go throughout your day feeling good while still needing to do what you need to do. So I think it's just a great fit, and um, I'm loving it. And uh, my next venture, and I'm just having a blast being in the business world, doing things, getting into things that I believe can help people out there but also at the same time has helped me through my experiences.
1: We're in conversation with former New England Patriots, a tight end and Western New York native Rob Gronkowski. And regarding uh, CBD medic. Now it seems to me to be a stretch that this could replace the, uh, the pain relief uh, approaches that teams take. The, we're talking about the more severe stuff in which Toradol shots or cortisone shots are applied. Um, But those are the types of things that we've we've read about It the research shows can tear you up in other ways uh, when you use Toradol or cortisone. How how would you like to see the NFL implement or at least allow for CBD to be an option? And how much do you think the presence of C or the uh, the permission of CBD uh, would allow players to avoid using uh, the more serious forms of pain relief?
4: Yeah, no, um you know, there's two, there's I'm just I just want to be out there to advocate for NFL, um CBD and just raise awareness about it and just raise awareness that there are alternative ways, all natural ways um and giving the option to other players or to even just anyone out there in this world that are are looking to relieve uh some pain in a safe revolutionary way. So, um <clears throat> with the all natural ingredients in it, um, with the camphor, the menthol, the CBD, um, it's just you know an all-natural approach to relieving pain, and that's the option that I want to I want to have out there. That's the option that I want people to to explore um, because I've I've went every way, and I, I mean I've had nine surgeries and everything. So um, through my experiences, I think this is great, and uh, it's just something um, amazing that I am able to invest in and be partnership in with CBD medics. So it's just a great revolutionary way to give a natural option out there for people to choose.
1: I think it should be uh, important to mention this too, because I think people hear about CBD and, you know, oh, is it legal in my state? Or do I need a prescription for this? Or a doctor's uh, note? Uh, You don't. It's over the counter. You don't have to go to a head shop. You don't have to go to a vape shop. Uh, This is available at CVS or Rite Aid or whatever. So this is something that is deemed, you know, safe and and it's it's just something to different to try. It's just that you can't use it in the n f l if if that was in your system, you'd be in trouble
4: uh yes, um, but um it's um dang, I forgot what I was just about to say, man. We've been talking all day. are you I've been using going all
1: day. Have you been using too much c b d medic rob
4: <laughs> yeah uh, that's exactly what I've been doing <laughs> I've been just, uh, oh, man. Uh.
1: Well, let me ask you about this, Rob. You, uh, you mentioned in our colleague, uh, you know, I write for The Athletic, uh, as does Jeff Howell. Uh, he covers the Patriots. You did a story with him last week in which you mentioned that physically, if you wanted to play again, you're already there. Uh, it's the mental aspect of it. As people keep assuming, well, Rob Gronkowski will be back. He gets back, uh, you know, he starts feeling better. Uh, his quad feels better. His forearm, his back, whatever it is, all these surgeries you've had. Uh, once you start feeling better, they just assume, ah, he'll be back. Um, but it's the mental aspect of it that was the real drain. Uh, are you able to explain, even as we hear have have a game tomorrow night? The NFL season is upon us. Where you are in your peace of mind of not being an NFL player anymore?
4: Oh no, I'm I'm in a great spot, and um, I'm loving where I'm at. You know, getting into business ventures, just taking care of myself, relaxing. I mean, I I played football for 14 years straight. And, uh, you know, I just felt like this was the right decision for myself or else I would have never made that decision if I was never going to be satisfied uh, with it. So, um, you know, I'm excited about football season, uh, football, sports. I'm Overall, I've always been a sports fan. I played four sports growing up, uh, so I'm excited for the season. Um, I believe sports bring so many people together, um, whatever background, um, anything. It just brings everyone together, and that's why I love sports, too, and always will be a fan, and uh, I'll definitely be uh, in, in tune uh, watching. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be sitting there screaming. Maybe I will be screaming at the TV. I don't know. I never never really watch games like that when, uh, when, when you're not playing, so we'll see. But I'm very satisfied where I'm at and just got to keep working with what I'm doing.
1: A rundown of the Gronkowski brothers as I set up this next question. Dan Gronkowski played for four NFL teams. Chris Gronkowski played for three. And then, of course, the youngest uh, brother, Glenn, uh, did play uh, a game for the Buffalo Bills. You have three brothers who played in the NFL, Rob. None of them got to choose how they walked away. They would love to have had one more shot. I'm sure every one of them would love to have had one more team, one more tryout, one more day. You walked away with money on the table, with more games to play, with glory ahead of you. What was your conversation like with your brothers when you were talking to them about whether you were, con- I don't know, if you, con- if you told them you were contemplating it, if you ran it past them, how, did, how were your brothers involved in your process when you decided to walk away?
4: Yeah, you know, they were totally supportive. Uh, my whole family was totally supportive, even my friends. Um, some of the teammates I talked to, um, everyone was supportive because, you know, they, they, they see what's going on um, and they see the toll that it can take uh, playing the game. Um, and uh, every single brother, family member, parents were all supportive, which makes it even more special. Uh, that No matter what, even if I wanted to go back or if I didn't want to go back, they were supportive in any way and just wanted what was best for me. So that was good to see.
1: One of the things I wanted to ask you about regarding the, uh, I guess it was really started the firestorm of you doing all this, me- uh, these media rounds. People saw you cry uh, when you were trying to talk to a group of people about CBD Medic. It was a, a news conference or a promotional appearance and it it obviously hit home with a lot of people because you then did a media tour that was pretty extensive, and I'm sure CBD Medic loved it uh, because you were able to wear their <laughs> logo on camera.
4: Oh, um, dude, they they loved it so much, they're trying to do more. I'm uh, like, oh, I, whoa, hold on. I'll bet. I'll
1: bet. That's why you end up on something like the Tim Graham Show. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so. But here's the thing. You're such a goof that— you started getting emotional and the room started laughing and I don't think they were laughing at you. I think it's because it was such an out of character thing for you to do, to get into, to to have that happen while you're a camera is on you, you're under the lights, you're on the stage, you're up there to give a presentation and you got emotional. What was it that got you right there as you were having this talk and you went someplace within your mind to how dark it had gotten for you?
4: Yeah. You know, um, it was, it was just actually just talking about the grinding in the NFL. And kind of, you know, what I what was brought back to was just, you know, a couple of times where you're just sitting at home and you're you're like lonely and stuff and it, you're just trying to recover from a surgery and uh, you're just not in the right mindset at that moment. That's what I was kind of brought back to a little bit um, when I was going through that uh, emotion right there because that's what I was trying to refer to was what uh, sometimes NFL players could be going through with. Uh, such a beating that you can take at some time. So um, that's that's all. I mean, but, you know, I'm thankful for everything, though, man, um, for real, because I figure out a way every time how to beat it, you know. I took that huge shot in the Super Bowl. I played three quarters on it. Don't even know how. Couldn't even walk after I got off of it ten minutes after the game. But, you know, I'm just thankful for it all because I, I just believe it has made me uh, to where I am to this day, it has gotten me to where I am now. And it has made me even stronger. And to find ways to heal, to find ways to get back to 100% after taking so many beatings, uh, it just doesn't happen. It it takes a lot of work. And to know that, to have that power, and to know that what to do to get back is, uh, is I'm really thankful for because I have that ability and it feels good.
1: Well, let me just, one more question regarding that, Rob, if you'll allow, uh, because I'm sure there are a lot of guys who you've respected, guys who you consider to be very close friends, who played every last down that they possibly could, and you probably watched them play longer than they should have, just because they could. Uh, You've obviously passed on that opportunity to do that, and you sound very happy to do it. What's just your thought or, or maybe even go back to when you were a rookie, maybe your second or third year, and you start to see these guys play too long. Um, and here you are not playing too long. Hell, maybe you did play too long. Maybe you played a season too long. I don't know. Maybe you'll look back on it seven, eight years from now and think, man, I wish I would have gone in 2018 um, or 2017. What do you,
4: yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, all right. So when you're like a rookie, second year, third year, and you're, you have that mindset, you're in the NFL, I mean, you you just think you're going to be playing for like 20 years. already. Like you think I it's a whole different ball game once you hit age like 26, 27. That's when things start really changing. And that's when uh you got to really take things serious uh about your health, about your body, about how to be a professional athlete it is around that age. Uh I I would say through my experiences, I can't talk about everyone, but uh through my experiences, it, 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 it was like that, and I've seen it like that for others. But um, so at that age, when you're young, you think you're playing forever, and you really don't notice like the older guys. You just think, oh, they're the same as me. They want to play forever. and They have the same mindset. But um, when now, uh, you know, now that I'm older, I, I respect those guys even more that have played ten plus years in the NFL because I know the hard work, the dedication it takes to uh, to do that, and just the mental toughness players have to even make it the nfl um it's just spectacular
1: and to say that your final game in the nfl was a super bowl victory in which you set up the winning touchdown it was it was the play of the game it didn't get you in the end zone but finally it broke through a big you know it was crazy how two great offenses weren't really able to do anything finally you get free uh, up the seam uh, as i recall make a big catch uh, to set up a i think you scored two plays later um so you go out on top. You did play one more season. You did get one more Super Bowl ring, your third of your career. Um, but let me ask you this. A former Patriot this, uh, this offseason had mentioned uh, that he would cut off his junk to win a Super Bowl. So, Mike Vrabel, uh, I need to ask you would, you, would you trade any of your Super Bowls? Uh, was it worth it? Would, it? would it be worth it for him to do that? Would you have a talk with him?
4: <laughs> to cut off your junk?
1: Yeah, Mike uh, Vrabel said that he I'm, would cut it off for a Super Bowl win.
4: I mean, if he, he's got kids and everything, so he might not <laughs> need his anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess he doesn't he value his. Uh, his uh, package anymore so. but
1: here you are entering retirement i mean you i guess uh, <laughs> there's no way you could think about enjoying the fruits of uh, of your labor and entering retirement if you know i mean come on you're you wrong i think i've had every
4: surgery yo soy fiesta besides that surgery of trying to put my junk back in place so i'm gonna pass on that
1: one <laughs> yeah yo soy fiesta you're in retirement man you could do whatever you want so, all right, Rob, I, w- I want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, you didn't have to do this, uh, but you went out of your way uh, to talk about Stadium Blitz, to talk about CBD Medic, uh, to talk about your brothers, all the Williamsville North pride that's involved out of the Grunkowski family. Hey, I have to ask you, um, what's ho- where's home going to be for you now that, that, it's, that you're retired?
4: You know, it's everywhere. I got family all over the place, so I just like to travel a lot. Uh, I like to go visit my brothers. Uh, my mom lives in Florida, Fort Myers area, so I'll go down and visit her. My dad and another brother are still in Buffalo. So just travel around. Uh, my brothers have nephews and nieces, so it's super cool to see them and it's super cool to follow them because they're the next generation of, of Grand coming through, too. So it's cool to see them improve as they get older and uh, learn a lot from them, too.
1: Will you have a home somewhere? Will you actually buy a house?
4: Uh, you know, I got my house still up in the Boston area near Gillette. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy this place up here, but uh, it's my home base. But um, I'll see. I mean, I'll see where where it leads me to in the future.
1: All right, Rob. And I, this isn't a loaded statement, as I say it. I, as people who've listened to my show or read my columns over the years when it comes to Anything from CTE to the injuries, the toll it takes, I'm always on the player side on this. I don't think that the fans own them. You don't owe the fans anything. I hope we have seen the last of you, and I know that there are a lot of Bills fans who hope that, too. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I want to congratulate you on a great career, a Hall of Fame career, a first ballot Hall of Fame career and uh, thanks for coming on the show, Rob.
4: Dang, what, where are you, man? you got fans all over the place clapping. Where are you?
1: I'm in a Buffalo studio. That's my producer, Bobby Rosati, the guy who answered the phone, by the way, who is a Patriots fan living in western New York. So yeah, It's tough. Yeah, so he's he's clearly – yeah, he's he's playing some audio. It's going to make it seem like we have uh, – Yeah, a little hyped up for you.
4: Oh, all right. I like it. I like it. <laughs>
1: Rob Gronkowski, thanks for calling into the Tim yes, Graham no, Show. No,
4: thank you, Tim. Thank you, guys.
1: All right. Hope to cross paths with you soon. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from the next great AFC East tight end, Lee Smith, former former teammate of Rob Gronkowski. Briefly. Briefly. They was a draft pick. And, One uh, That's right. So uh, Lee Smith is going to join us on the line here when we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, b and Kirshner, CBAs, and um, hmm, Let me try that again. <laughs> a little tongue-tied. Shampoo Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. I got through the name right. I, business consultants tripped me up for some reason. These people, these poor people at CTBK are going to say, Hey, Tim, just stop say, trying. In fact, they are they might just say, You know what? We're not going to sponsor you anymore.
2: They might ask you if you had too much CBD.
1: Rob, Rob's uh, synopsis weren't firing too clearly there for a second. But that's all right. A good endorsement. It I was a say. great endorsement. CBD, you know, you're not going to get stoned on this stuff. I'm going to try. I'm going to buy some saying. and
3: try it. I've been thinking about it, to be honest. Some weed? Well, no, CBD. Oh, Bobby. CBD, right, right, right.
1: I can't. Well, we can talk about this later. I can't smoke weed anymore like I used to. <laughs> I've gotten sick the last couple of times I've done it. That's odd. No, I think that's kind of common. Yeah, I think when as you get, you get, older, get oh man, that's college, what I've heard. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> then for the next. 20 years, no problems. But last few, not good. Not good, Bobby. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Lee Smith, after the break on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. I diddled uh, some poll. Uh, over the weekend Right Not me so I did have an accident
2: With a menorah no. On Twitter At 1270 A fan oh. mall oh. Taking your calls At 270-1270 Here we go This is The
1: Tim Graham Show When's the last time You read the New Testament huh? Uh oh <laughs> Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK, Certified Public Accountants and Business Consultants, here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I am Tim Graham from The Athletic, joined by my cohort, Bill's beat writer for The Athletic, Matthew Fairburn, co-host Jonah Bronstein of Bronstein and Bronstein, your sports writing injury attorneys. I'm having trouble coming up with new things to say about what Jonah does for a living.
2: You can just call me a journalist.
1: Okay. Local journalist. That sounds generic. Bobby Rosati, producer. How about that? Local producer, Bobby Rosati.
2: I will say this. Just about everywhere else I go, I'm known mostly as a participant on the Tim Graham radio show. That's like the first line on the resume now. It'll Mm -hmm. probably
1: be the first line in your obituary, too. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) At least in the second paragraph of Lee Smith's obituary, it'll say that he he appeared on... Sports Radio 1270, the fan, once. It's got to be. Right after that he scored three touchdowns in a football season. Lee Smith, Buffalo Bills tight end, is joining us. Lee, thanks for coming on.
5: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, man. I really do.
1: I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, but you but you agreed off, to do it. First off, if my bitch worry says anything about football or you, I'm going to haunt a lot of people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have plans after playing the game. Is that what you're saying?
5: I I love my beautiful wife, my four beautiful kids, and, you know, my uh, farm tucked away in the country back home. Uh, So I love my job. Don't get me wrong. This this gig is, is what I love. I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. I love my teammates, but... I will definitely have a very wonderful life with my pretty bride family once it's all over.
1: But won't you be known as a football player? I mean because the NFL is such a big thing. And yeah, we talked about it in the locker room a little bit today. I mean even though it really is just what you do for a living, it is so big. You're not in charge of who's going to write your obituary in the newspaper in back in what's the paper in Powell? What's the closest paper in Powell, Tennessee?
5: Knoxville News Sentinel.
1: The Knoxville yes, oh sir. Knoxville, the Knoxville paper of course is going to mention former NFL tight end Lee Smith.
5: Absolutely. And you know what man, uh I think that's why me and my family have been able to be so blessed, especially financially, uh based off of the fact that you know there are so many people that that truly enjoy and and love this game that I'm able to play for a living. So Absolutely. There there's there's plenty of people in the world, uh especially especially the guys that are that are making those headlines for for the paper for the viewers and readers of the world that, you know, I'm a football player to them. So, I think absolutely uh that'll be what I remember by uh, on the outside, but I sure hope that uh all the people close to me that are a part of my life uh remember me by much more than just that.
1: Ninth NFL season for Lee Smith, so you've made quite a career out of it. Uh, your first four seasons with the Buffalo Bills, then off to the Oakland Raiders for four seasons, now back with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what went into your decision, Lee, to sign back with Buffalo?
5: You know, um, you know. me and my wife sat down. We, we, we prayed about it. We talked to our kids about it. You know, i got a kid in middle school now. Um, and once we decided that we, you know, definitely wanted to to keep chasing this dream and and you know i feel like uh i have a lot of good ball left in me my family loves this ride once i once again i was talking about just how blessed we are to be able to you know play pro football with with four children that actually understand what's going on and you know wear my jersey to school and it's just such a cool deal that my family gets to kids get to go through with me being a professional athlete um so we definitely didn't want to stop we wanted to keep going and um and the main thing is, man, was, was Kyle Williams, to be honest with you. I knew how much I loved this area. I knew how much I loved being a Buffalo Bill for four years. I knew how close this city was to my heart with, you know, the Pump Foundation that I've done a lot of work with and just different things in this city that are, that are truly special to me. And, uh, Kyle just kind of put the cherry on top once he told me just how awesome Brandon and Sean were to work with and the good men they were and, you know, how they were about the right things. And, you know, unfortunately for Kyle, he played a lot of football for a lot of years in this town with a lot of different head coaches in one playoff game. And for him to kind of say, listen, this dude's the real deal. Uh, I enjoyed playing those final two years with him. I can't say enough about him. Uh, you know, and he just kind of said, I promise you that you come back up here with as much as you love this city, you're going to enjoy going to work every day with these two dudes because they're about the right thing. So, once all that kind of happened and, and everything else got worked out uh, financially with the people upstairs, it was a no-brainer for me and my crew.
3: <clears throat> Lee, you've carved out really a great career, as, as Tim was mentioning. You've been in the league quite a while, and I think a lot of people would probably say a lot of it has to do with the way you block. And And we talked uh, about a week ago, I think, and I was, I was telling you about the Vanderbilt tight end, who's a— a big film aficionado. Uh, he He's a history buff of the game. And so he's mentioning Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz and Kellen Winslow, the senior, as all these guys he looks up to. And then he brings up Lee Smith, who, and he says that you are one of the most dominant tight end blockers the game has ever seen. What does it mean that a, a young guy who's considered one of the best draft prospects coming into this year's draft is talking about Lee Smith as as one of the influences of his game
5: well you know what man that's what our game is all about is keeping it strong and keeping it great and passing the torch to the younger players and and, you know kind of pouring yourself into them Uh, i got i'm going into the new york jets game with two rookie tight ends beside me this weekend so um to hear that there's a young tight end out there that's going to come in and and hopefully play in this league as long as i have and been able to take and be able to take care of his family the way i have uh, to, to know that I've given him a little something to look up to and and try to mold his game after, and if it in any way helps him become a better football player, then that's what this awesome business is all about. Uh, is just the next guy coming in, becoming a great player, playing a long time, and taking care of his family. So, you know, there's there's a human element to this whole thing. You know, we're all not we're not just a bunch of robots out there running around. We're we're human beings and. To uh, to hear that I've had an impact on a kid's life out there that wants to do the same thing I've done for a long time, it's awesome. I mean, I mean it definitely gives me chill bumps. It makes me feel good about the work I put in, and uh, and hopefully that hopefully that kid down there in Vandy uh, uh, does a little more what the, the Travis and Zach are doing. They uh, they make a lot more plays out there, and and uh, they're a lot better football players than me. But if he can get a little something from me, that's awesome.
3: Well, it's funny. I mean, the well, way the game is going. The, the term blocking tight end is almost used as an insult to some people. I mean, you know, what you know what does it mean to you to kind of carry on the torch as one of the guys that still, you know, takes pride in that? And, and how much pride do you take in that part of your game?
5: So my dad was an offensive lineman in the NFL, and, uh, you know, I got a lot of butt whipping in my life because he was having a bad day. So, um, you know, uh, being tough was kind of always a part of the deal in our family. There wasn't really any other option. And I've always just taken a, a huge amount of pride in that lunch pail, you know, kind of kind of way of playing ball, I guess, being raised by an offensive lineman. But I just love football, man. I love playing the game. I love the camaraderie. I love my teammates. You know, my teammates and the guys is what I'm going to miss one of these days when all this is over. Uh, these are – these guys become almost like brothers to me, and just the refusal to let them down is what is what brings me back to work and allows me to work the way I work every day. I don't care what it is, man. I don't care if if, if Sable needs me to catch the ball, if he needs me to block. It's irrelevant to me exactly what, what they need. Whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do it the best I can. And I understand that, you know, there's a lot more money in catching a lot of passes, and there's a lot more glory, and there's a lot more this, and there's a lot more that. But that's never mattered to me. All that's mattered to me is whatever my coach asks me to do, and whatever my teammates need me to do, uh, that's what I'm going to do. And by God, I'm going to try to be the best in the world at it. And with me, with my you know skill set and the way my body's built, it, it's just I've, I've been more of a blocker. And you know, uh, I don't take it as a negative thing at all. Uh, I take it as a pride thing that um, you know I, I I take another grown man who wants to hit Josh Allen or Frank Gore. Or Devin Singletary, and I don't let him. and uh to me that that gives me a hell of a lot more pride than, than catching the pass, making sure my brothers stay on two feet.
1: <clears throat> uh We're in conversation with Bill's tight end Lee Smith, and i can uh I can <laughs> guarantee uh that if there's anybody uh, listening to the show, we're not sure if anybody actually listens Lee, but if there happens to be. Uh, here in western New York, they're getting aroused uh, listening to you say these types of things because this is like what Buffalo's all about. Like they, <laughs> Lee Smith is not going to let another grown man hit Josh Allen. Now here's what Josh Allen had to say about Lee Smith today. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Lee, but uh, you were brought up at Josh Allen's news conference. Have a listen.
2: You know, it's not going to go on the stat sheet, but Lee Smith. You know, he, He's one of those guys that you know, he, he won't probably get two or three catches a game um, but he's going to do his job, and he's going to do it well. He's going to be talking, um, making sure that we're all on the same page. And he's a guy that a lot of guys have a lot of faith in, including myself. And um, you know, he's one of those vocal leaders of our team that really not many people will, will know this season. Um, but he's going to have a huge, you know, impact for us.
1: Now, Josh Allen is very young, and you've done uh, been around the block a hell of a lot more times than he has. But he is the quarterback, and he is the guy in charge. To hear the quarterback say that about you on. Uh, the eve of the 2019 season. Uh, what are your thoughts?
5: You know, um, it's awesome. Well, once again, it's that human element again, right? Uh, sure, of course it makes me feel good. Like I said, don't get me wrong, I love Brian Dable, I love Sean McDermott, I love Rob boris and, and, and every coach over there that's, that, uh, you know, my boss. But I do this for my teammates. It, it's that simple, and... Um, and my, my family, most importantly. But outside of that, it's my teammates. Those are the guys that I refuse to let down. They're the dudes out there running sprints with me. They're the dudes lifting weights with me. They're the dudes that I see play through torn ligaments and broken bones. So those are the guys that I refuse to let down. And to hear someone that I consider a very special up-and-coming player, and you talked about being in Buffalo, that dude's wired the right way to be a Buffalo quarterback. Now, I'm just telling you, he's a dog. And, uh... And to hear him say something great about me, uh, based off of the short time that we've spent together, uh, of course that makes me feel good. And like I said, those other guys get those guys get paid too on the other side of the ball, and I'm by no means perfect, but I can promise you, uh I'll do whatever the hell it takes to make sure that uh that he stays clean and that he's protected and taken care of on and off the field as long as I'm a bill. <clears throat>
1: Lee Smith, for the past four seasons, was uh, with the Oakland Raiders. Now, a lot of people talk about the circus atmosphere, and this is a historical thing. It's not just recently. I mean, the Oakland Raiders under Al Davis and with John Madden and Ken Stabler and all the ghosts that are, are floating around uh, Oakland. Uh, you know, there, It's always been known as just a, a strange place to be. Guys, uh, second chances, uh, maybe third, fourth, fifth chances. What was your experience like playing in Oakland, and especially knowing that the team was going to move to Las Vegas eventually? Uh, it had to be a, a strange vibe there.
5: You know, my father played in this business. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to play in this business, so I know that counting on two or three years down the road isn't something that's real. That, that's almost that's fairytale stuff. So I don't think as players it really affected us much with the Vegas move. We were just showing up to work where it said Oakland Raiders on the front door and work. Um, and we were gonna be in Oakland the, the year I was the years I was there, so that was all I was really concerned about. But you know, I think Al Davis said there's thirty one teams in the league and then there's the Oakland Raiders and he sure as hell wasn't lying. <laughs> so so it was it was a, a fun ride, man. I wouldn't change it for anything. Um sure, could I would I've loved to have been a Kyle Williams or Eric Wood and played my whole career here? Absolutely. You know, I love this place. But um to get out there and go play for the Raiders, you know, Bobby Johnson, our offensive line coach here in Buffalo was my tight end coach there for three years. He was the main reason I went out there. And, um, and it's something I wouldn't change for the world. I got to play for two historic franchises that were around since the beginning of this deal. Uh, Mr. Wilson and Mr. Davis were iconic in making this league what it is. And, um, and it was just, it was just a really special four years here and then another special four years there. But, you are definitely right uh, that is a that is a different place. It's the wild Wild West out there, but you know what there's I have so many memories and so many relationships from that place that I'll cherish the rest of my life. you know Rodney Hudson, there starting center is the godfather of my son um so that's what this business is all about. It's about the people, relationships, and memories you you build with those people and uh Oakland was fun for that but um I'm definitely glad I'm back in Buffalo. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs>
1: At least in practice, you had to try to block Khalil Mack, the University at Buffalo legend, uh, maybe the greatest defensive player in the NFL today. Uh, What was it like uh, trying to, or at least watching from the sidelines, whatever it is, to have Khalil Mack as a teammate chasing quarterbacks out there?
5: You know, I went out there in free agency uh, the first time I hit free agency, and Khalil was coming into his second season. He played Sam Linebacker as a rookie. They moved him to defensive end. And he was just an absolute nightmare to deal with. Uh, he's he's the best player I've played against, you know, in my life. Um, but the thing that made Khalil so special and, uh, you know, I believe he had a huge, huge part in Chicago's turnaround last year was the person he was off the field. Uh, he was the hardest worker. And, you know, it's hard to, when you're the best player in the world, it's hard to be the hardest worker too. Uh, and and that's exactly what he was. He outworked everybody. He led. He was consistent in the way he came to work every day. He was just somebody that I have the uh, he's the Reggie White of today's football. Um, and and the, the fact that he was the fact that he didn't wear silver and black his whole career and retire a Raider, I think, will always be a mystery to all of us that were involved there. Uh, that's way way above my pay grade, but um, but I'll tell you one thing. He is by far the best player on the field and one of the best human beings off the field that I've ever been around. And uh, he made games really easy for me those, those three years we were together because dealing with him in practice, there's just no other human on earth like him. So when you get to the game, it's like, oh, man, just thank God Khalil Mack's not on my schedule this year.
1: Now you turned 31 during last season. You know, you start getting in your 30s, and you can't take anything for granted as an NFL player And you're about to head into last season, and the Raiders trade Khalil Mack. Uh, You know everything you just said about him. Maybe one of the greats to ever play the game. Uh, If he can string together just a couple of more seasons for the sake of longevity and and to put that argument to rest. You you don't want him to be another Bo Jackson where you say he was the greatest (laughs) maybe to ever play the game but only played four or five seasons. Uh, but anyways, so Lee, they'd get rid of Khalil Mack. What was it like to be a Raider last season after after that?
0: Well,
5: once again, the, uh, as as players, that that's not our decision, right? It's it's up to it's up to the people upstairs to decide how the roster built, who's on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, you know me once again, me and Rodney Hudson, who uh, is is the, is still the starting center out there. Uh, my best friends in the whole world. We were actually uh, at a hotel in Monterey, California, with our families, uh, just soaking up the last few days uh, after that fourth preseason game before the season started, and you know, just bang, bang, bang on my door, and he's like, "Bro, they traded Khalil," and and uh, and you know, it was one of those moments where it's like, "Holy smokes!" You know, uh, I think it was it was definitely hard for the locker room. Uh, not only because of the player he was off the field, or the player he was on the field, but the player he was off it. You know, I'll uh, I'll, I'll never sugarcoat things. You know, once again, it, it's my job to play tight end. It's upstairs' job to decide who the roster is. But the Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack trade as a player was was something that was hard for us to deal with. Uh, it was it was shocking, and it was something that obviously none of us were too thrilled about with the best player in football being on your team one minute and not the next especially with the kind of person he was and the leader he was. So, you know, it's our job as players to buckle our chin straps and go to work and do our jobs. But uh, but that was a tough one to swallow. And um, I think looking back, uh, it it, uh, it definitely was something that uh, that was hard and, and it kind of brought out the best in some people and the worst in others with uh, that man not being in the locker room anymore.
1: I want to get back to the Bills real quick here, Lee, and, and thanks for sticking with us here. Hopefully we're not taking away from anything important. Uh, we're... Uh, have a totally refurbished offensive line this year and I know that you weren't here last year to compare uh, this one to the uh, to last year uh, intimately but what are your thoughts on this offensive line as it's assembled Mitch Morse not having been with you uh, and now going to be able to play on Sunday and as you know the chemistry that's involved with all five of those positions six if you count you uh, lining up there with them uh, as blockers uh, how do you I guess. How do you see this unit entering a week one?
5: Yeah, yeah. Me personally, I was playing with five new offensive linemen. Either way, um, actually, you know, me and John Feliciano were together in Oakland for four years. But, um, but just uh, kind of watching these guys build a bond. The old line room is the best, the best room in, in any pro football team in the world. I think everybody would tell you that. Those guys are just the best. They have the closest bonds. You know, they're the guys that get no credit. They just go out there and. Play more plays than anyone else in the most volatile, you know, area of the field, and get up the next day, lick their wounds, and go do it again. So those guys are the best. And I, I, on the specific guys that are here, with them being new, you know, they're just they're the right kind of dudes. Once again, Sean and Brandon and Bobby Johnson, the O line coach, who's a close friend of mine, you know, they're bringing in the right types of people. And that's what I would say about our offensive line with them all being new and working together for the first time is they're all the right types of dudes. There's no egos, there's nobody with an agenda. It's just a bunch of guys that wanna get better, want to protect Josh, wanna protect the running backs, and uh, you know, going back to the Josh Allen and, and being a Buffalo guy and all that, these are dudes you wanna go into a bar fight with. Uh these, these are a bunch of nasty, dirty dogs that uh And I hope to have, have, Yep, yeah that that would be that would be fun. You just hide under the bar and let us handle business. But uh, um,
1: but we'll, but we'll maybe have dudes, a talk. We'll maybe have a talk off the air, Lee. All
5: right, that'll work. That'll work. You know, you. Got, but you can but assume you, that. The is, yeah, the the proofs in the pudding. I got, I got to see a little something out of you, Tim, before I before I walk into <laughs> the bar probably. But um, but no, man, these dudes are awesome. They're 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 wired the right way. They're a bunch of dudes that that already have grown a bond. You know, Mitch Morse didn't become the highest paid center in football for no reason. Let let me, you know, I, I understand he hasn't been out there with us, and, and he's been a little banged up with his noggin, but he's rocking and rolling. Uh, he He's definitely not forgot how to ride a bike. He jumped right back on that bike, and, and the pedals still spin the same way. So he knocked the rust off the last week or so. we got a few, few more days here before the game starts. So I'm sure not worried about Mitch. I, I can guarantee you no one else is. And the rest of those dudes have been grinding together since OTAs. So it's going to be fun to, to watch these guys get out here and fight their butts off and, uh, and, and play good ball this year for sure. And they're all good players. So, you know, this, in the popularity contest or, a, uh, or anything like that, we're paid to win football games and be productive. So not only are these dudes riding the right way, they're all good football players that have played a lot of ball in the NFL.
1: I'm going to leave and, you with, uh, with coach- Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lee.
5: No, go ahead, man. Just, they're, they're good players, they're good dudes, and, and they're about the right thing. So those guys are awesome.
1: You mentioned popularity yeah. contests, so I want to leave you with this question. Looking at this uh, Q&A that you did in the Buffalo Bills Media Guide, uh, under most famous cell phone contact. Now, famous is a word. I mean, we could think about popularity, fame, being known. Uh, okay, Western New York, maybe. But your most famous cell phone contact is Kyle Williams? Yeah, man, I mean... You that can't, can't go be anywhere true. with him.
5: You can't go anywhere with him around here. That's why around I don't like hang out with his ass anymore. Around yeah.
1: here, I see. Is he with yeah. you right now, by chance?
5: No, he's not. I, I stopped hanging out with him. He's he's getting grumpier and grumpier in his old age. So I mean him. I, yeah,
1: I saw him at the facility today, and I didn't. I just didn't feel like approaching him because he looked. Uh, he he didn't look like he was enjoying the one interview that he was involved in. So I said, Yeah, I give him, I think I'll give him the day off.
5: No, Kyle's the best. He stopped by last night to give my wife a big hug. He's the one that raised me in this business. Uh, you know, I've, I've I learned how to be a pro following that guy around like a gnat for the first four years of my career, and uh, it allowed me to become a leader and and uh, hopefully pass on to a lot of young guys in Oakland and then now here in Buffalo based off of watching him. So he's the best. Um, that was that was just that was just a little a little jab at him because the last thing he wants to be is famous. He's a little bit like me. He wants to go. Hide away in the woods and love on his family. He, he doesn't want that football stuff in his obituary either.
1: No, I think that that's true. From from getting to know Kyle, I, I, that is absolutely true. Well, this is why I wanted Lee Smith to be the first guest on opening week on the show here because Lee Smith is uh, he's uh, he's, he's prolific. He's prolific. He's he's a fantastic interview, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Lee.
5: You got it, man anytime.
1: All right, Lee Smith, Buffalo Bills tight end here, five days before the season opens, Sunday against the New York Jets at the Meadowlands. Uh, big thanks to Lee Smith for joining us. Uh, all right, when we come back, we're going to jump right into another prominent guest. Sports Center anchor Kevin Connors is going to join us, and we're going to talk about his affinity for the Bills and what he thinks about the 2019 season. When we come back here on The Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. Certified public accountants and business consultants on sports radio 1270 The Fans. Oh, oh, I love, you.
6: love how that all went down, but that's a conversation for another time. Here, the Lions went 0 16, and he said, You don't understand. He said, Rod Marinelli is a great coach, he's just not a great head coach. There's more that goes into it than just knowing football. I think Rex knows football, I think he's a really good Football coach. I don't know that he is a great head coach. So initially, I was all on board. I thought this is great. We'll, you know, we'll we'll get the national coverage because of Rex, but he can also win. And look, obviously, it didn't go that way. Um, that said, it's good to have him as a teammate at ESPN, and I'm thrilled with who we have in charge of the of the team right now, and also in the front office.
1: I'm with you, Kevin. I thought that the Rex Ryan hire was going to work, and the reason I thought was from a psychological standpoint, uh, the Bills. Uh, even under Doug Marone. I remember uh, one particular game. In fact, it was a game that Bills fans will remember prominently. It was the game against Carolina in which E.J. Manuel uh, led a fourth-quarter comeback, and Stevie Johnson scores a touchdown uh, late in the game to beat uh, Carolina, uh, a team that was considered good heading into that season. And having a talk with a couple of the captains, uh, and it was off-the-record conversation, so I'm not gonna. I don't want to name them here, but they were captains of the team at the time, in which they said, after Carolina had scored right before EJ Manuel's drive uh, to take the lead, they said, "Here we go again." You know, so this was a team that still was of you know, "Woe is us," Buffalo Bills, and I thought there's that doesn't happen on Rex Ryan's watch. Again, I think I was thinking it was going to be the same Rex Ryan that stormed into the Jets. And I don't think Rex's heart was necessarily in it when he was coach of the Bills. I know he's a colleague of yours now, so I don't want this to sound, I don't want a sound bite to come back to haunt you. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was something that I thought it added up as the Bills are good enough. They just need a guy to push them over that hump, and it, and it didn't happen.
6: Right, and I think it was natural at the time that the Pagoulas take over and they want to bring in a name-brand quantity. And, and again, Rex had success with the Jets. And he was. And, and I, by the way, there were times towards the end where you sort of shuddered a little bit at, at some of the things he was saying, but guess what? If, if I'm going to be going to battle, I want a guy who's supremely confident. So I almost didn't even mind some of the things. Now some of them were silly. You know, we we won the preseason or the you know the off whatever it was. The quote, the, we won the You're uh, GD, right? We
1: did. We all did. Yeah. The whole region, media, everybody. We were on it.
6: We, and and so, but again, I'm I was okay with the yeah. We're gonna we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Well, who goes into a season saying, hey, you know what? If we can we can just win eight games, you know? I mean, I want that i want that confidence it started to become a little bit farcical and i think that's where you don't have the results and then you're saying these things and then it's like well you know what that doesn't ring as true as it needs to but but again you know look you live and you learn if we cut bait fairly quickly with them that's how it can go in the nfl and you know Sam, let's not forget too i mean we're playing in a division with a quarterback and a head coach who have done something the nfl has never seen so if circumstances are a little bit different, maybe there's a little bit more success. Maybe the story's written a little bit differently. It is what it is. But again, I'm I'm really all in on on Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. I really really like most all of the moves that we've made.
1: Imagine how things would be different, Kevin Connors of Sports Center. That's that's my slick way of uh, reminding people who's on the phone with us, <laughs> or in case they're just joining us. Uh, so imagine if. Now, now, Bills fans were against it at the time, but imagine if the Bills had not stayed in what is known as the AFC East when the NFL did realign, and I would, lo- and I think it makes so much sense, if the Bills had ended up with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and whatever, hmm. and they would have avoided the whole Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era, that would have been probably preferable.
6: Uh, certainly, the. Yeah. Certainly the time that they've been around, yeah, there's no question. And again, it's, it's tough to say as someone who, yeah, look, I live in the heart of New England, I mean, there are Patriots fans everywhere. People who don't even play, pay attention to sports hop on the bandwagon because of how good they've been. I can't stand the Patriots, but if you can't respect what they've done, you know, you're not paying attention. So, but listen, I've been saying this for about 10 years now, Tim. It can't go on forever. Right. I mean, at some point, it's got to come to an end, and let's put ourselves in the position to capitalize when Brady finally does retire.
1: He's gonna die at some point. I mean, uh, there, no <laughs> one's ever, no one's ever beaten death. Uh, so, I mean, maybe he keeps playing, uh, but he's got to die at some point. All right. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get too dark on us here. Yeah. <laughs> But you know the NFL, NFL NFL rules as they are, you know, constantly favoring quarterbacks and offense. We don't know. He might be right in that sweet spot where he just rides NF, new NFL rules until, you know, until his deep eighties. But I want to ask you about this year. I mean, we're you mentioned uh, off the top that you that you like what uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have done. Uh, I'll tell you just from being around it. Matthew Fairburn's here uh, joining me on the show too, along with uh, Jonah Bronstein and. We're in the we lo- were all in the locker room today. We're out there at One Bills Drive uh, frequently. The vibe is is strong. I mean, the whole idea of culture. People like to argue whether it's culture, or the players, or do the players make the culture because they happen to be good. I, I think there's something to culture, and and that what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done have, have been a positive. Uh, but as you see this roster, uh, as you look at them on paper and have followed them, and the key injuries that they've had in the preseason, especially Mitch Morse, what are your hopes as a Bill? No, don't let me say that. Uh, let me. What are your expectations as a Bills fan this year?
6: So I've said this a couple of times uh, al- already in in different conversations that I've had. We're going to know a lot about this team after the first three weeks because we're at Jets, at Giants, home for the Bengals. As you guys know, and those those are three winnable games. They just are, and they're not really long road trips. So it's not like you're going to Oakland, and yeah, maybe we're better than the Raiders, but it's a long trip, and body clocks are. I mean, these are short flights. Those are. I mean, we have a we have a favorable schedule, especially early on. And I think if if we're looking at three and zero, which is realistic to think. Listen, I I really believe that this can be a playoff team. Now, I'm not telling you that. We're contending for a Super Bowl this year. I just don't think it happens like that in the NFL. It's kinda of like when people are talking about the Browns and they're saying, yeah, the Browns are a, I mean, I know that the Browns have significantly upgraded their roster, but two years ago that team went winless. So don't tell me that they're an immediate Super Bowl contender right now. I just I'm just not buying that just yet. I'm not telling you that the Bills are there yet. I think it's reasonable to think nine and seven, potentially ten and six. And and to think about the playoffs, I really do.
1: I know we're allowed to look ahead. Matthew and I were joking uh, during the first segment that uh, we don't have to take it one game at a time like the players do. But taking a look at that Week Two game at the Giants, that could be sneaky favorable for the Bills in that. Uh, you know, I don't know how tight the Giant shorts are going to be for that game, but with the quarterback situation the way it is, depending on what happens in Week One or how the game starts off. You know, whether it it be Eli Manning or Daniel Jones or whatever. I mean, those fans, I think it's probably favorable to the Bills that that's one of their road games.
6: I don't think there's any question about it. And, again, you know, it's a a familiar look. I mean, it'll almost be like a home game, given the familiar surroundings, right? They'll have been playing there the week before um, against the Jets. You're right. I mean, you know, listen, the pressure is on Eli, which is crazy to think a guy who won won the Giants two Super Bowls – but obviously they've got their you know, they've got their quarterback in waiting behind him and um you're right. I mean if they lose week one then all of a sudden and Eli throws a pick early on, the pressure's on. But but listen, again, to me, do I think right now we're a better team than the Giants? I just do. I'm sorry. I think I think we're better than the Jets. And I like the Jets quarterback a lot. I, I like Sam Darnold a lot. I think we're a better team than the Jets are. Um and then certainly at home against the Bengals. So that's why I say you know, you get off to a good start. And by the way, the difference between 9-7 and seven and 7-9 seven and nine is like a, an interception in a game, right? I mean, like one turnover could be the difference between those two stories. So crazy things could happen. But look, I, I, let's take the preseason and consider it for what it is. But week two of the preseason... When Josh Allen was, was throwing those manageable throws, right, the, you know, the, 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 the short crosses, the, the quick slants, the, the eight-yard like that's, that's what we've got to do. And I love that we've got guys that can run those routes, and I love that that's sort of the mentality that we had. I don't want to see Josh Allen in week three rolling right and throwing left against his body and getting picked by the Lions. If that's the Josh Allen we have, then forget all that I said about thinking about the playoffs. If it's the guy who we saw for a little bit in preseason week two and he realizes that he can do those throws and then open it up big, then I think it's realistic to think nine, ten wins.
1: Nine or ten wins. Put Kevin Connors down for that. I don't think that I think that's my that's probably my prediction too. I think nine and seven. And usually when I used to predict these games and I used to have to publish them in the Buffalo News, I would come with something I was Comfortable with, and then give them an extra win, just so I could keep people off my back, you know. So I think I can go with ten and six. I think I'm about, I'm at nine and seven. I'm at nine and seven mentally. I'm comfortable with that.
6: Well, let me put it to you like this: two win, two games against the Dolphins. I mean, I'm, just, I'm sorry, those are wins. Two games against the Jets. We've got a realistic chance to think that those are wins. But yes. now you got to try to find six wins. In the next 12 games, you go 500. Cincinnati should
1: be a win. Uh, What's another dog game? Cincinnati's the Giants. Well, the Giants, yeah. So, yeah. Washington is
2: not very good. Ten
1: ten is not out of the question for sure.
2: Some of these games could be ties. That's right. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) Ties could play into it. Well, Kevin, I I appreciate you coming on. I've wanted to have you on for, for a long time, and I'm glad we were able to finally work it out. Um... Anything else you want to add about your beloved Buffalo Bills before we let you go?
6: I was going to say, I hope I've done nothing to uh, prevent future invitations
1: here. Uh, No, let's do it. Let's do it on the regular.
6: I'm fired up, but I know that a lot of people think, well, he's being a national cheerleader. I'm just telling you this. I watch virtually all the games, and it ain't easy because we don't get the games locally here, and I don't have satellite TV. So I kind of got to go through the backdoor channels on the internet, if you know what I mean. And and hook it up here but i'm i'm an epic fan and
1: wait a minute (laughs) see now i was trying not to get you into trouble on a rex ryan comment but you you know you might want (laughs) to check in with H. you might want to give hr a heads up about what you just said
6: (laughs) the fact of the matter is i'm I'm not i'm not totally drinking the kool-aid like i I get that LaShawn McCoy was expendable. I kind of wish we could have kept him. And I'm not so sure. I love how that all went down, but that's a conversation for another time. But I do really like how we built the team from the inside out, the offensive and defensive line out. I I really believe that this guy is a quarterback that that can be a franchise quarterback for us. And I think we're going in the right direction. So I know Bill's fans have been waiting a long time. I think we may have finally gotten it right here. So let's, let's be a little patient and let's see what happens.
1: ESPN Sports Center anchor Kevin Connors joining the Tim Graham show and bringing uh, the heat, warming things up for Bills fans as they get ready for the season opener on Sunday.
6: I appreciate the applause, Tim. I appreciate you having
1: me on. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. Let's do it again very soon if you're up for it. That
6: sounds great. Thank All you right. guys.
1: Kevin Connors of ESPN joining the show. Very nice of him to do. When we come back. We're going to have old friend Joel Staniszewski.
6: But I do really like how we built the team from the inside out, the offensive and defensive line out. I, I really believe that this guy is a quarterback that, that can be a franchise quarterback for us. And I think we're going in the right direction. So I know Bill's fans have been waiting a long time. I think we may have finally gotten it right here. So let's, let's be a little patient and let's see what happens.
1: ESPN Sports Center anchor Kevin Connors joining the Tim Graham show and bringing uh, the heat, warming things up for Bills fans as they get ready for the season opener on Sunday.
6: I appreciate the applause, Tim. I appreciate you having
1: me on. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. Let's do it again very soon if you're up for it.
3: That sounds great. Thank All you, right.
1: guys. Kevin Connors of ESPN joining the show. Very nice of him to do. When we come back. We're going to have old friend Joel Staniszewski here on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK, Certified Public Accountants and Business uh, Consultants, because it's football season, man. Joel Staniszewski, when we come back on the Tim Graham Show, CTBK. Deuces. Deuces.
3: From Buffalo to Las Vegas. It's Jules Staniszewski. The Bills make
4: me wanna
0: Everyone who hates Tom Brady hates Tom Brady because he's not on there. Tomorrow is my birthday. It's Jules Staniszewski. But I mean, this is just awesome. I mean, the excitement that's around the, the, the city as a
4: It's more like a royal flash.
1: Whoa! <laughs> that is a new bumper. <laughs> Damn. And that, uh, Bobby, did not mess around with that. It is Joel Staniszewski time here on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK Certified Public Accountants and Business Consultants. Joel, I know we're up against it already because it's the first week we got we got jammed with Rob Gronkowski and Kevin Connors and Lee Smith. And but look, we have too many degenerates out there. They need their gambling news. Can you set up this Bills game for us?
0: Certainly. So uh, I know we're all excited about our Buffalo Bills. Uh, we're excited about a, a solid eleven and five season.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my! Uh, <laughs> Here it
0: is. We ha- we have to we have to think. You know, as we always do, week one uh, of a new season. We don't know what to expect. From our team, we don't know what to expect from other teams, uh, rookies, new players. Uh, you know, the big the big question mark in this game for me is Le'Veon Bell. He hasn't played an official football game in almost 600 days. So how much they use him, how effective he is, how good our defensive front is against him, uh, I think will we'll, we'll be a lot to do with, with what's going on with the game. Uh, the line opened up. As three and a half, the Jets were favored. It's come down a little bit. Uh, the, the the Bills have been bet on on the on the point spread, uh, on the money line, and the total that opened up as thirty eight and a half took a lot of sharp money, uh, and it's now up to forty one.
1: And where are where's the the common uh, spread though? Is it still plus three and a
0: half? Uh, three. Three, three everywhere around town. Okay, uh, and you have to take into account books although here I believe I'm fairly certain that they're all run independently from other books in other states, but there there has to be some knowledge. So when you have a, a William Hill sports book in New Jersey, when you have a William Hill sports book in Philadelphia or Rhode Island or New York, like you have to expect that they know how much action they're getting on, on a Jets team you know, just as much as we know how much action we're getting on, on a Bills and a Jets game here. So you have to take that into account when they're putting up lines, when they're adjusting lines, when who they need more during the game, who they need more at halftime, and, and they'll adjust those lines, which is something that we haven't had to deal with in Las Vegas ever. So this is something new and exciting, along with everything else that we have going on right now.
1: All right, so Joel Staniszewski, pride of Sloan, St. Joe's, Buff State, Las Vegas, handicapper, analyst you name it for many many years what is your prognosis on this game when as you mentioned there are so many unknowns it's hard to handicap week 1 games and not just this game but any of them for a couple of weeks until we see some some trends or what what teams are going to do or maybe even new offenses and how they operate and i mean heaven forbid i mean you have to try to figure out what the Arizona Cardinals for instance are going to look like so how do you look at this Bills game and whether or not three is a good number or the if 41 is a good total?
0: Well, you you look at it from, from a betting standpoint. You, you bet a little slowly on week one. You wait for all the overreactions on week two. And then week three, everything starts to settle into place. So I, I bet on the Bills already uh, on the money line. I got plus $1.50. The line has already come down to plus 35, plus 40 some places.
1: So 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 people understand that you're betting plus one fifty on the money line. You don't want the points. You're picking the Bills to win outright, and you bet uh, you're going to win fifteen dollars back for every ten.
0: You got it. And 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 my way of looking at it is it's a value bet. Just like I bet the Chargers minus three and a half earlier on before the retirement, and now that lines up to seven. So if you you have to bet at, at least early trying to figure out line moves and where they're going to go to, you know, Detroit being a pick'em now to a minus two and a half favorite. You, you have to look at those numbers and try to figure out where they're going to move to, where the public's going to bet them, where the lines are going to move. I mean, you obviously you can't guess that um, Andrew Luck is going to retire, but I based it upon the fact that he kept getting injured, wasn't practicing, wasn't playing in preseason games. And I just took a shot on it and just so happens that he retired. doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to win that bet, it just means I got the best of it, and that's the main thing when you're when you're looking at it from a handicapping standpoint. if you get the best of every number you'll you'll most likely end out end up on top.
1: Joel, thanks for joining us. I'm sorry for the short uh, segment here this week, but we're going to get into it next week, and I want to talk yeah. to you, uh, especially next week. We're going to get into it uh, i'll uh, I'll send you a little bit of data that I have, but Interesting numbers uh, this week uh, put out by Bet Online regarding the spread value on quarterbacks, and it's a topic that we've talked about on this show for a lot, uh, uh, hell, hell, since you've been a guest, uh, that the quarterbacks are really the only guys who affect a spread, and they gave a breakdown of really how each quarterback and the drop-off to his backup, uh, what their spread value is, and I know you're going to find that interesting. So, Joel, uh, again, Can't thanks wait. for joining us.
0: All right, take care, guys. All right, a
1: lot of thanks have to go out today. uh, To Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic for coming in uh, to the studio for the full two hours. Thanks for coming in, Matt. Uh, Jonah Bronstein for handling things on Periscope. Bobby Rosati on the knobs bringing in four different callers, three different callers. We had Rob Gronkowski joining us for a a half hour. We had Lee Smith joining us for almost a half hour. We had Kevin Connors, ESPN uh, Sports Center anchor, joining us. And Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas. It was a jam packed opening week show. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening, whether you do so live on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan or on the podcast. We'll catch you next week on The Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan.